Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Spooked. The Scary Story Improvised Podcast. I'm Damian Depping. I'm Cody Crane. Hey, pal. Hey. How are you doing? Uh, you know, it, well, it's big today because this is our uh, season finale. Oh, yeah. This is the last of our fifth year. Well, I guess we have our anniversary five-part extravaganza. Yeah, so this is the end of the fourth year. No, the end of the fifth year. Going on to the sixth year. Well, if we're having a five-year anniversary, isn't that... I I thought about this a lot when I was uh, crunching the numbers, and this is the this is the fifth year. It's okay because it's two hundred and fifty episodes, mm-hmm. so fifty episodes per year. Yeah, this is the end of the fourth year, going into the fifth year, because the fifth what? year anniversary is that there. It's five years. That's the beginning of five years, and then that's your fifth year. Well, we're going into the sixth year. Wait, 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 wait. Start again. <laughs> We're going because, like, okay, this is a this is going to be a lot of uh, a lot of really breaking down here. Um, I don't want this to come between us, Danny. Okay. <laughs> so the first year, mm-hmm. fifty episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Second year, one hundred episodes. Yeah. The end of the first year was forty nine. Yeah. Right. The end of the second year would have been the okay. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then five. We keep going. Okay. Yeah. 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 It, I don't know what's going on anymore. I, I was thinking about it, too, because this is, I mean, I'm sure the listeners are just thrilled at all the math that's going on right now. Yeah, we'll just cut it out. <laughs> we don't usually cut things out, but we're cutting this out. Yeah, just the, uh, the nice math moments of the whole podcast. But luckily, we mm-hmm. have someone today that can save us from this. Oh, yeah. We have a guest today. Mathematician. We, <laughs> we have actor. We have comedian. We have Andrew Johnston here. Hi, this is where I come in. Yeah. Okay. Hi. Congrats. Wow. Five years. That's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. Very long time to do anything, let alone a podcast. So God bless. Mm. <laughs> it's um, yeah. It's it's been treacherous, but we made it through. Mm-hmm. Oh, especially with the subject matter. Treacherous is right. I imagine. Spooky. <laughs> treacherous. Ghostly. Conjuring. Oh my God. Just. Five years with a Ouija board, basically, and we, oh, I don't know we how you've done it. Still have not bought a Ouija board really we've been talking about it but we never have yeah we've been talking about a lot of things for five years <laughs> I mean uh you can you can give us credit for doing it for five years but there's really so much more we could have done with this that we've never accomplished mm-hmm. well showing up somewhere for five years like weekly this is a weekly yeah? yeah yeah I mean that's commendable that's really that's that's really quite something so yeah no, pat, pat yourselves on the back. I can't see you right now because your <laughs> webcam is turned off, but I, I, I urge you both to pat each other on the back. That's part of the spookiness yeah, is just yeah. not being able to see us. We like to keep everyone in the dark. So it is. It's very, it's very cryptic, whatever. I would be looking at myself anyway. Like, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I would only be looking at my square on the Zoom anyway. So <laughs> probably for the best. Anyway. We could just put up a picture of you on the other one. That way you have two pictures of you. No. No, don't okay. do that. No, Mi- no. Mirror it. Then my attention would be very divided. <laughs> and, oh, that would be, what a disaster. Anyway, spooky. <laughs> uh, so, Andrew, how have you been uh, doing during this uh, quarantine? Well, to quote 
what was it, Dorinda Medley or whomever from the Real Housewives of the whatever. Not well, bitch. Not well. <laughs> I know this has been this has been a nightmare, and it's only going to get more nightmarish. It's really, it really fucking sucks. How are you guys doing? I yeah. I mean, I I feel lucky that um that there's like there's four of us that live here in this apartment so we're quarantined together we have we have board game numbers you know mm -hmm. so we have stuff we can do so i feel like that was part of the sanity and this podcast actually added a lot to uh the sanity of it too mm -hmm. which um brings me back to you you've been doing all kinds of like extracurricular activities too during this quarantine yes trying to try just anything to distract myself from this this not onslaught of absolute misery <laughs> and well it's not uncertainty it's the certain misery it's not an uncertain misery like the other thing about me is that like i really have wrapped my head around how long this is going to be and how just like absolutely detrimental <laughs> it is going to be and i think a lot of comedians are just kind of taking it day by day and god bless yeah. but i just couldn't mm -hmm. like i'm just really immersed in the news and, and the state of things yeah. and i just know how absolutely horrible it's going to be and about how uh really you know my raison d'etre is not going to be feasible again until we are we are on the other side of a mass vaccination campaign and i just you know like i found out that some comedians down in la like top tier managers were telling them that like well we're not even looking at booking anything until may of 2021 like they're just like that's uh, really? just, that's you know i'm just like that was the hot tip that was the hot gossip sort of thing and i just had like a moment at my kitchen sink where i'm staying at my parents place back in brockville ontario which you know well cody of course we're both yep. brockvillians <laughs> and i just like had a melt like i just was like i just like <laughs> it was like it was it was just a meltdown it was awful and then i just was kind of like so what am i going to do for the next year what am i going to do with myself for the next year and mm. And the only question, the only, you know, thing was just like, we'll just try and survive somehow. But like other comics are, other comics are like ranging from sort of, you know, optimists to delusional fucking idiots who are like, well, <laughs> we're waiting. I don't know. Like, we're just, we're just like kind of in a holding pattern right now. And I'm like, you know, you're not like, and it's like, well, we don't know, really know how this is going to, how this is going to go. We don't, we, we don't know what this is going to look like next month. And I'm like, I do worse and it's not getting any better until there is a fucking vaccine that is going to mm -hmm. go in your arm and that's when we'll be able to perform again and so that is a little that i guess that's some spookiness for you yeah that's yeah. certainly apocalyptic i think but yeah so i'm just doing anything that i can to yeah exactly distract myself um basically yeah You've been doing like a, a lot weekly Instagram lives as well as this uh, tournament as well for uh, best TV theme song. It was one well, hit wonders of the 2000s. Back, yeah, I did back to back tournaments, which was mm -hmm. like a lot. And I will continue yeah. doing those for the rest of quarantine because they are, they are, they were a very terrific and effective way to sort of you know, bide the time, while away the time, whatever, and distract myself, whatever it was, mm -hmm. you know, it was performative and it was like something to do. It was a lot of work. I probably should have taken a little bit more time off between the two, but yeah. um, I did, I did one of one hit wonders of the two thousands, which was mm -hmm. really trashy and great just because the, the two thousands sucked and like, yeah. you know, music <laughs> was awful. And Cody says it's his favorite decade of music. Well, I mean, this uh, is we we have all had words with him about this. But. this I can is, understand why you would have like nostalgia that would sort of enhance 
what actually went on in the decade, but go on. This is also due to you though, Andrew, because you were um, on video on trial and that was a big part of boosting up the early 2000s for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does, like, I'm not going to lie. Like it does, rem even though my heyday on that show was 2009 to 2013 until the yeah. very bitter, yeah. bitter end of that. That's just another <laughs> scary story I could tell you about how that all <laughs> fucking ended, but um, yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so no, the 2000, yeah, it's, no, it, it, absolutely. Like, that's why I was sort of attuned to things. Well, no, I was also like a consumer, like I was right. age appropriate mm -hmm. to be a consumer back in the 2000s. But um, yeah, so I, I understand that like nostalgia paints a bit of it, but objectively, the music of the 2000s was terrible. It was terrible. It was just, it was, it was a lost de decade as far as I'm concerned. I'm glad we finally had an expert settle that for us. Well, I, <laughs> I've never claimed for it to be good, but... You said it was the best decade for music. You've said that numerous times. It ruined music for me because I only listen to things ironically now. That because is, I like I like listening to snow because I think it's that funny. That is not a good I like listening to argument for it being a good decade is that it ruined. You know, and snow is nineties. It's not two thousands. Like legal want, is two thousands though, and that was <laughs> that was a Canadian hit. Well, I I remember <laughs> when Bryn Potty was doing his, his tournament, which I took over for. He was doing one hit mm -hmm. wonders in the nineties, and he had snow mm -hmm. slotted in there, and people were just coming out of the woodworks about what about this, what about this, and so he finally caved about that, and that was his advice to me. He was just like, don't cave, just like <laughs> you know, unless something is like egregiously <laughs> erroneous, don't yeah. cave. Just and I didn't, but then for the TV theme songs, I sure as fuck did. Oh, I was a real hardliner for that one. Yeah, yeah I, as you'll know. Yeah, I was just like, sorry, not sorry. We're this is it. So, but no, the um, I uh, one thing that I would I would propose to anyone listening right now, one sort of little little you know fireside game you could play is uh, try and name an iconic artist that came out of the two thousands, like specifically between the years emerged between the years two thousand and two thousand nine. And you are hard pressed to name a lot of them. I think like uh, Shakira, right? Yes, but compared to other decades, it's it it is a very very short list as opposed to the laundry lists of any other decade, including this past decade. It's it's true, but I I just have this uh, moment of memory from uh, Christmas one year of opening this like stack of CDs. Uh, from my parents, where it was Shakira, Avril Lavigne, Nelly, and Pink, like just all in a row. And just wow. that joy that I felt that day, I still feel now. That's cool. I, I'm, I'm going to guess which year that was and, and which albums they were. And I think that that was probably 2002. Was that Avril Lavigne's first album? Yeah. So that would have been her first album with Complicated and Skater Boy and I'm With You on it. Shakira's yes. probably first album too with Whenever, Wherever and Underneath Your Clothes. Yeah, that's Dirty song. Laundry. When did, yeah. and when then did Nickelback Pink's... start? Were they also and 2000s? Then, well, I didn't. I yeah, didn't Nickelback, Nickelback did, but hey, I know what I said. Iconic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> yeah, saying no. we're going off the Avril Lavigne. I'm right. just kind of yeah. like... And right, then right, the right. Pink album would have been her Misunderstood, probably. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, with with get the party started and 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 don't let me get me and just like a pill, oh, just like a pill, <laughs> so angsty. And <laughs> if I can run just as fast as I can, <laughs> oh my God, that song was so oh, so many feels, so in its feelings. And then um, who was the other one? Uh, the, Nelly, Nelly, yeah. Nelly. So that would have been the Hot and Her album. Yeah, with uh, Dilemma on it too. 
and with dilemma. Yeah. So that was not bad. That whole like that juncture in time wasn't bad, but by the mid two thousands, you really saw things sour, and it just yeah. it was reflected in the one hit wonders of the two thousands. Like our final five was. Blue Cantrell's hit him up, oops, hit him up style, oops, which was 2001. <laughs> 2001, yes. Um, uh, Gnarls Barkley's Crazy, The mm-hmm. Darkness's I Believe in a Thing Called Love, Sugar Jones's Days Like That, and Wildcard Candidate, Darude Sandstorm. I mean, <laughs> fun little batch, but <laughs> iconic. I don't know about that. I don't know. You know, yeah. there was a lot to be le- left to be desired in the, in the 2000s, I think. But then the TV theme song in the tournament was much more. Um, it was much more heated because it cast such a wider net. It was so much more yeah, accessible yeah. to more people to play. And um, so that was, that was fun. And I think like for the most part, the best four made it to the end, which if you, if anyone listening wants to know, was in the eighties region, the golden girls theme song, which was also the eventual winner, spoiler alert in the nineties region. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was the nanny, the theme song of the nanny, which in a brutal blowout beat the fresh prince of Bel Air, Bel Air because people nanny stands mobilized. Um, <laughs> and then in the timeless region, which was basically just before the eighties, it was the Jefferson theme song. And then in the kids like children's show region, it was the reading rainbow theme song. And I think that that was a pretty, you know, the nanny or fresh prince I would have taken, but mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, I uh, there was a whole argument in the household about the nanny and fresh prince that was going sure on. It was was anyone pro nanny? I I was pro nanny. Well, the only reason to because I'm I'm both I'm both of them. I mean, the nanny I probably watched a lot more growing up because my parents liked it. Yeah. Um, and the fresh prince I watched. Uh, that was one that I would I like kind of found on my own kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. I didn't like how the people that loved the Fresh Prince hated the nanny so much and put it down. That and that, like real I, whiffs of misogyny too. It was like really bald, not whiffs. It was like pretty bold faced misogyny about like wow. the nanny fucking sucks. What the fuck is this bitch doing in here? Fuck this Fresh Prince for life. Oh, and it was like, yeah. whoa, but sorry, I cut you off. Yeah. And between that and having Niles's uh, take on this whole situation. Uh, yeah. Heidi Brander got a cameo from the actor who played Niles, the butler from the nanny. And it was, it was, she also got one from Lauren Lane who played Cece Babcock, which was not great. She was cracked the fuck out and it was two days late. But anyway, yeah, I'd urge you to go back and watch that one because she posted it and no, Cece is not doing well. Like watch out Cece indeed. But <laughs> the guy who played Niles the Butler, it was just this incredibly verbose and like it was right because she wanted him to talk about why the nanny theme song was better than the Fresh Prince theme song. And he just nailed it. It was insane. Yeah. Oh, wow. it was great. I mean, we we had the argument about it. I would say we we, I was just more of the point for Fresh Prince was that that's a song that I think most people, at least my age, know every word every word of that song. That's well, a song that would they would play at weddings. Well, and it depends what fucking weddings you're at because they, at weddings that I is... would go to, they'd play the nanny theme song. Fair so enough. that was the big that like whole sort of like equivalency of just. Mm-hmm. the sort of status quo mean like the fresh prince is empirically better because it's something that appeals to male tastes and that's just this that everyone needs to go along with that and i think that that was uh it was it was an interesting psych sociological or modern anthropological experiment i guess in that just seeing 
honestly, like it just was, it was like, it was like a straight male status quo thinking the world was just going to, you know, come to their door and do the right thing or whatever. Not the right, but you know, like the status quo Mm -hmm. thing. And then like nanny stands were like, no, I like what I like and I'm going to campaign for this and champion this. And in the end, the nanny won. So, yeah. And my favorite thing that was said was something that you said uh, that the Fresh Prince uh, theme song sounds like it was written for a cartoon dinosaur. Well, I mean, (laughs) I, 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 I enjoy both theme songs. I'd probably be more partial to the nanny uh, just because I think it's catchy. Well, what I said on the finale was because people were talking about like, blah, 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 rap. And I'm like, arguably the nanny theme song is a more intricate rap than the fucking like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like, now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. I'd like to take a second to sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the French, the Prince of a town called Bel Air. Versus, she was working in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens, when her boyfriend kicked her out on one of those crushing scenes. What was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her fanny. Then over the bridge from Flushing, the Sheffield store. She was there to sell makeup. And the father got more. She had style. She had flair. She was there. That's how she became the nanny. I feel like that was more of a rap than the Fresh Prince theme song. To be perfectly honest. <laughs> And I, mean, uh, I just made my case, yeah. And uh, for uh, the nanny too, uh, I was watching it the other day. I also do a Survivor podcast called Merge Boot, which Joel Edmiston <laughs> makes me call out. But Jonathan Penner from Survivor plays her boyfriend that kicks her out. Oh, I know. Well, she got the last laugh, and how? Uh, Survivor, I saw it. for the first time in twenty years. That isn't coming back because they can't film it. I know not on the schedule. So that was, that was, I cause I'm just right now. Another thing about like this time is I I'm sort of like, and being sort of just hunkered down in Brockville away from civilization. It's just kind of like, <laughs> I've developed this sort of misanthropy that I didn't have before and just kind of schadenfreude. And I'm just like looking at all these, I'm just like, oh, I'm just looking at all these houses of cards collapsing right now. And you know, we're just like <laughs> looking at all these snowballs and I'm like, Survivor's not airing. Oh, they're like, I'm just like, there's going to be an end to the programming that we have available. There is going to be a vacuum. Like, it's just like people are going to get really, it just, I just see, think of this as kind of like the impending storm right now. And that's one of the markers is that Survivor's not airing for the first time in 20 years, huh? Well, things are, that is indicative of a change coming, not for the better, I think, in any event. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry that you're not going to be able to do your podcast about Survivor this fall is the ultimate point. I, I know. Well, I'm being forced to watch movies with Survivor contestants in them, which are even worse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was there a celebrity edition of this that that guy Jonathan Penner was on and, and Lisa Welchel from The Facts of Life? No, they just because I guess celebrities just really like the show. Yeah. So uh, they just go on regular seasons with that, which I kind of prefer rather than an all celebrity uh, season like yeah. Big Brother did like all celebrities. Right. But well, Celebrity Apprentice and right. Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which we uh, we did watch. We, all of yeah, those we watched too. through all of those. I used to watch that show like quite voluntarily. Yeah. I'm ashamed of I'm ashamed of myself now. Like I can remember once rushing home from a show or asking to go early at a show mm. so I could go home and watch the Celebrity Apprentice like <laughs> live on television. It's like, such a Celebrity Apprentice is on at eight. Do you think I could go first? <laughs> it's such an insane show. Like because the celebrities they have are some of the like a lot of very strange people. Yeah. To begin with. It, yeah i i liked that it was like a gender mishmash mm-hmm. and there'd always be at least like two crones on there who i'd be <laughs> very interested in watching like there would always be a sort of dion warwick vivica mm-hmm. fox component that i'd be like oh mm-hmm. i can't wait to see what they're gonna do 
and, and uh, Nene Leakes. That's... Nene Leakes, Star Jones, Joan Rivers. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. T-Boz from Toronto. TLC was on one season. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just like, so, uh, yeah, no, I get it. I get the appeal of that. I never got into Survivor, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, it's one of those shows... I, I don't know. Like people, uh, people are starting to get into it more now. I think like the last season was all winners, and everyone was like, "Whoa!" Like there's enough contestants to do an all winners season, and I think people started watching it, and it's really evolved into um, just more interesting. Because I noticed the early seasons are about like fishing and like I don't know, it, no strategy or anything like that. Whereas this time, it's I, kind I of more of a board too, game. If, if you don't have cable it's very easy to just not know anything That's about true. it because i don't think i'd yeah. heard anything about survivor probably for 10 years until i you know you talked about it it, it was something where where finding out that it was still on the air a few years ago was like mm-hmm. quite jarring because you just i guess they found their audience and they kept their audience yeah, but yeah. it, it mean, wasn't exactly them, but... setting fire to the rain anymore as it did when you know richard mm-hmm. hatch or whatever won that first season now here's a question that i would have for you about survivor is like are there any new strategies to be played out with there because i'm interested in that aspect but i just think at this point like spoiler alert you know after richard hatch you know played everyone you would think that okay well we know what's up well that one because with richard he was by far just the best person playing but now it's like everyone is playing at Richard's level that's in every season because everyone's a fan that's playing. But how are they able to? Like, how do how are people not on to each other? Like, it's, being like, I know what you're doing because this happened before and I that, watched this. And- I think that's a big problem with it is that you don't, you know that everybody is on to it, so you never are fully sure whether or not you can trust someone or you can't, but I think part of it, you have to trust people, right? I think you get more breakdowns now because mm-hmm. no one can have a conversation with anyone and yeah. trust them. Okay. Well, anyway, that's interesting. I mean, I feel like, again, 20 seasons, I'm probably not going to go through all. I wouldn't even know right. where to find them at this point. But um, So maybe that's hindering my ability to enjoy that's a survivor. Nice. It's just, it's way too much of a commitment. It would be like me saying, like, oh, rewatch Mad Men. <laughs> like this weekend it's like that's, yeah that's all order well we, it's we 40 seasons isn't it yeah we recorded with yeah. uh um the other the survivor podcast today with tom henry who started by from season one during quarantine and he's just been watching through every season of oh, survivor right. well tom henry is a survivor as far as i'm concerned <laughs> so oh god that that guy oh I've, I've i've had a few messages with him over this quarantine but uh you've just met, i'm gonna reach out to him as soon as i'm off with this one because yeah oh tom anyway. <laughs> uh, but let's get into a spookier note here uh do you believe in ghosts Yes, but I've never had any experiences. Like, I've never had anything remotely paranormal. I've been to a very effective psychic before, and that's as far as, like, my experience with that would be. I've never felt premonitions of, of like, a, of a spirit or anything. I've never, I've never felt I was in a place that was haunted. I've never witnessed books being knocked over or whatever. So... That's what I don't bring to the party. <laughs> but <laughs> what was the like effectiveness of yeah, the yeah. psychic? So good. Have you ever been to a psychic before? 
Uh, no, I mean, I know that like my mom used to go when I was a kid and would ask about me. So I, she would come back and be like this, this, and this. And I'd be like, Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's funny. Oh God. That's, that's anyway. I can understand why you would do that, but I wouldn't tell my kid about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think that there are some probably pretty, pretty whack charlatans out there who are just kind of like, you know, good improvisers, but this bitch was the real fucking deal. Her name was Ruth. She was salt of the fucking earth. There was nothing ethereal or whimsical about her. She wore like a fleece pullover. She had a mullet. She chain smoked. She lived <laughs> on like the edge of Markham. Like she lived in the woods. <laughs> and she was someone who, uh, my friend Larissa, who was a TV producer, found some probably through, you know, production or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we went there and you would drink like a, you would drink this cup of tea that you needed to drink your whole thing. Like no one else could touch your cup or else it would fuck it up. Like you, you needed to drink the entire thing and only you could touch the cup. And then you would put your cup upside down on the saucer and you'd take that into her. And then she would chit chat. And, but it was really inane, very like, I really hope she's not listening to this, but she, <laughs> well, you know, she's psychic. She'd know about it. Anyway, yeah, I've had yeah. this conversation with a lot of people. She was very, like, not basic, but very salt of the earth. Like, she would be, we would, you know, make small talk and she'd be saying something like, you know, my husband always says about my dog, you, you don't walk those dogs, those do- them dogs walk you. <laughs> yeah, no, I got this little, little poodle and I got, it was just in, in, in whatever. And you're like, okay, yeah. And then all of a sudden she turns the fucking cup over and she's speaking another language. It's like someone is dictating to her. Like she just like, it was, you can see me right, right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this isn't a, this is a podcast obviously, but so basically the cadence that I'm, I'm doing is like, my posture is different. She's like, yeah, my husband says them dogs walk, you don't walk them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. The entity is telling me that uh, they see you, you are making a move. You were like, or you know, like she kept on saying like the entity, yeah. she just, she was a completely different person, a completely different, like, and she just was like looking not into space, but she, it was like, she was translating something. And it was starkly on the fucking nose. Like it was just insane. It was like, holy shit. And then there was like a tarot card component to it too, where she like read cards, but um, it was just like, it was like, I just remember being after five minutes of her talking, cause she would just talk for five minutes uh, and she kept on referring to the entity. And so this is the, this is the, the entity who was telling her the things or whatever. And it just, there was nothing ambiguous about it. She had a direct answer for anything. Well, and it was also to the end of it at the 20 minutes, like I didn't have any questions. Like I was just like, no, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Like it was just, it was bizarre. I still have them taped on my phone actually. And it just, I can hear myself being, Oh my God. Holy fuck. Oh my God. <laughs> While she's just this, this salt of the earth, like woman in her fifties or sixties is just blah, 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 blah. And, um, so that was quite stunning. And also I will say like, I understand why that would be an enormous fucking industry because it was like high, it was like highly condensed therapy is what it was. It was like if a therapist right. just knew everything about you immediately and was able to sort of govern choices. Now the timeline was a little iffy, the sort of timelines, cause I can remember going to her and this must've been in 2013 and she was saying that I was moving to the States. And now, of course that did not happen for another six fucking years, but, um, it did. Yeah. <laughs> she, she called it. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, but I would really recommend it. I'd really recommend 
but do your due diligence find out like who's a good like find out a, a reliable psychic get someone yeah. with a, a lot of good reviews because i'm sure that there are a lot of charlatans who are maybe on different frequencies mm -hmm. if they are but it, so that was that was something that i i believe that but no i've never had I've never, had, and she would do a lot of like medium communication too. I don't really have anyone in my life who I'd want to communicate with. So that's maybe another thing, but yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I've never had any, other than that, I've never had any sort of paranormal activities. I like to think it's because I'm so alpha, like ghosts just don't have any, they just, I suck all the air out of the room. There's no room for their antics, for their ghostly <laughs> antics. Well, but. As a king beta, I've never seen any <laughs> Yeah, right. So <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's my that's the long and short of my experience with ghosts. But I do believe in them. Like I believe and I will watch paranormalist stuff and I'll watch I saw I saw poltergeist, it freaked me out, you know. <laughs> yeah, we uh we had a psychic on the podcast at one point oh, really? too. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he blew Eric Andrews's mind. Uh, Cause he, he was, I was like, he blew Eric Andrews. Oh yeah. He yeah. Mind. yeah. Yeah. Blew Eric <laughs> Andrews on air. It was crazy. I didn't know how it had anything to do with reading his future or anything, but. And if that's not legitimate, I don't know what is. <laughs> like, well, you've heard of palm readings, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you obviously read other body parts with your mouth. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, this guy, um, I, I mean, it, it was Artie Hoffman's his name. And I guess he does celebrity readings, but he just doesn't reveal which celebrity he does or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, he does parties, too. And he was talking his to us about parties. his Artie parties. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if this guy was the he said he wanted to be a comedian. And then he got a, a postcard in the mail about uh, being a psychic and then just followed through with that. <laughs> See, I mean, and if you are intuitive, I guess, you know, you could probably bullshit that pretty effectively. Mm -hmm, people, mm -hmm. a lot of times people just, you just tell people what they want to hear and they're fine with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, um, cause I believe in ghosts and, uh, Damien doesn't, mm -mm. but, um, the psychic, the psychic thing's always been uh weird to me because there's just so many people doing it but i'm also not uh not thinking that there are people out there that can do it i'm just not sure but the people that we've had on make me lean towards no <laughs> yeah well ruth number one ruth would not do your podcast like she is she, she ain't about that life yeah uh, she's just like she's there for the money and that's it like she's there to like literally and she wasn't even that expensive i think she was 55 60 dollars for reading mm -hmm. it was like you know she could have charged a lot more like you would not see her go on like remember how there was that that metro columnist psychic nikki or something right. like that and she like she would like she dressed like stevie nicks and stuff and it would be very like ooh, and no like no the real people are not <laughs> like that and i remember saying to ruth i was like what a tremendous gift and she's like it's not a gift it's an ability because i can see bad things about my family i remember that specifically her saying that oh. i'm like ooh, that must be a waking nightmare um maybe she would <laughs> Was she perhaps schizophrenic? Yes. Maybe is schizophrenia a sixth sense? It's that's something that I have considered as well. And that's is that like, yeah, that like mental illnesses are sort of undiagnosed superpowers or something. That's interesting. I mean, my uh, I do have a uh, schizophrenic aunt that I've only met once. 
that calls my sister and tells her that she's putting a curse on my parents. And she can oh. move at super speed. Yeah. So I, I don't know, uh, but my sister gets freaked out every time it happens. And I have to be like, it's, I don't think it's true. I don't know, but... <laughs> Yeah. Well, she's been well, putting curses on her for how long? Um, it's been a while, but my uh, you maybe know, she's just not very good. Yeah, yeah, she might not be good at it. That's well, practice makes perfect. So, <laughs> um, did you grow up believing in ghosts? Where was your like family ghost believers? Well, they certainly went to church, so I guess that answers your question. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't know. I've never had a conversation with my parents about that before. No, but I would lean towards. Probably they'd probably dismiss it. You know, right. they're both they're both baby boomers who are, you know, all business. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they're going away this weekend. I can't wait. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, they're going to a friend's cottage, and I'm just like, go. Oh, so terrific. Anyway, but um, no, no, that was something that I arrived at myself. I think. Right. I I, I was probably someone who was always interested in um, in just um more than meets the eye i guess mm -hmm. if that makes sense sort of that there there aren't like sort of earthly limitations i've always been like big about like space and stuff and like extra extra terrestrial so, like that's the Katy Perry song. <laughs> i was like i'm gonna try and say the word but oh i don't think i can i think i can only sing it like katie fucking perry <laughs> um <laughs> um and and all that so and i don't know how i wrapped at that but it wasn't like yeah like but we did yeah. go to, like we went to were you of the united faith you know and cody where you grew up do you know saint john's united church on the corner of park and king right yeah my, my grandmother played the organ there and shit so really um, i think that inherently if you go to church you must believe in ghosts yeah, I I mean, I grew up in a family that uh like I never I've never gone to church or anything like that and I I know that my parents didn't believe in ghosts to start with until they had experiences. So I kind of saw that develop throughout my um like childhood into adulthood too. Like I know my mom kind of was like early into my childhood maybe like when i was like 12 or 10 or something like that she started believing and uh -huh. had a, a paranormal experience and then it wasn't until i was like 19 that my dad finally believed in ghosts okay because he had a, a a thing so yeah i i don't know um what it is i'm always interested to see if it's um just the if it's family based or like some some people it's religion based I've never associated with with religion, even though a lot of people, I guess, do. Um, yeah. But I don't, uh, I guess I don't know enough about religion. We, we kind of talked about this before yeah. where I was saying that uh, people's belief in in an afterlife with a religion inherently makes the possibility of ghosts. I believe in that. I, I do believe yeah. in that. I also remember once there was this friend of my mother's who was like, he had a near-death experience and then he was able to like see like i don't i don't know how to explain this but he said like people have like angels and he can see that like he can see like sort of people's guardian angels or like the light that guards them he always said that i had two he's oh. like you have very much you have two I'm like well i am a gemini so <laughs> you know to beat the fucking band and uh but yeah so that's that would be the only other uh, you know experience with that sort of thing that i can believe right. yeah i've always believed in an afterlife again never had i've never had a paranormal i've never had like a ghostly experience 
I've been on a haunted walk. <laughs> the Bronco like, one? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. It was either Bronco or Kingston, yeah. <laughs> I know for a fact the Kingston one, half the stuff they just make up as they go along. Oh, man. It's just any place that there are like old buildings, they'll do a fucking haunted walk. But they were really quite a thing in like the late 90s. Like old, older women, like sort of deep widows, <laughs> like early widows. <laughs> they were like, fuck it, I'll write a fucking haunted walk book or something. Make like a, <laughs> put on a cloak widows? and be like, come, come with me. Like this house was where Mary McAllister fell to her death off of the widow's walk <laughs> any house that has a widow's walk is haunted as fuck because that yep. widow walked right off of it and she's still there <laughs> oh my god widow's walk <laughs> do you know what a widow's walk is I, no I, I don't think so it's basically like a balcony that comes out of the attic oh, okay yep. it's like a little tiny balcony where like presumably a grieving widow would go and contemplate how worthless her <laughs> life was and fling herself off of the top of the house. I find it yeah. hilarious that they would build that into the house before, yeah. <laughs> just in anticipation that your husband's probably going to die. <laughs> yeah. Be sad about it. Well, they were, I think that they were in a lot of those old homes because yeah, mm-hmm. like every man, every fact, every man before 1920 died of a heart attack no later than the age of 38. Yeah. Like that's just what happened. You know, <laughs> that was just the course of life we for every single man. Piece of machinery. Yeah. <laughs> Buried in the mines. Yeah. Basically. I think Brockville is kind of built for these haunted walks though, with that train tron- that train tunnel. Train tunnel. A lot of, if, 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 if anyone listening has never been to Brockville, Ontario, uh, first of all, number one, come perfect for an evening or weekend. Um, number two, yeah, a lot of like Victorian and Edwardian homes and buildings. Like it's a very old, like it's really pretty. I'm surprised more stuff isn't like shot in Brockville. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because there are some really old mansions along King Street and just really pretty old as fuck homes and stuff that were built in like the 1850s and stuff. You could probably get some, like, everything would be so cheap to film there, too. You guys could yeah. work for Travel uh, Brockville at well, this point. you know, I've, been, I've inquired about this before, and they said that the thing that really stands <laughs> in the way of Brockville is that it's so far from Ottawa, or it's mm, like an hour, right. you know, and that's where you would need to fly people into and shit, and so it's a little, you know. Yeah, but that, Ottawa for it's, that. So, it's sort of resoluteness. Well, not resoluteness, but it's sort of the fact that it is, like, kind of not, it has made us enter stage three of uh, of quarantine mm-hmm. much easier because like people aren't coming to fucking Brockville to do shit. Like they're going to go mm-hmm. to Kingston or they're going to go to Cornwall or somewhere yeah. in Quebec. And yeah, so you would think you would think though because Belleville's been like popping off with filming, and it's like has it? Yeah, it's kind of like equal Belleville. distance. Isn't Amazing Gail Pyle? Isn't that filmed in Belleville or like outside of like? Well, no, I'm talking like. I thought like Downton Abbey could have like been shot in Brockville, you know, like, or something or Avonlea or like yeah, something, right. Not like one of those period show. pieces like, that were done. Like yeah. you know, here that the Titanic sank, like you could easily fucking shoot something in Brockville. It would look like a very contemporary neighborhood. I think. I, I think uh, Del Toro just found Kingston first. <laughs> what was shot in Kingston? The um, Crimson Peak. Oh, no, I, it was it was the Tom Hiddleston 
movie. Tom Hiddleston and uh, Charlie Hunnam, maybe. Really, and it was shot in Kingston. Yeah, mm. no shit. Yeah. I went to school in Kingston. I went to Queens, so I'm oh, very same. familiar with Kingston as well. Did you? I did. Oh wow! Yes. Oh, that's cool. Um, I, you know what? I was listening to your Mike Belazzo episode, and you were you were talking about Dan Aykroyd mm-hmm. and his present presence in Kingston. Yeah, oh yep. yeah. Oh boy, do I know a lot of girls <laughs> who were goosed by Aykroyd at AJ's hanger. Oh. Let me tell you. Oh, oh, I know a lot of a lot of a lot of girls who got he got real real friendly with oh, no. <laughs> before the before the Me Too movement happened. <laughs> like oh, everyone no. had a story about him. He would just hang out all the fucking time. Oh God, like Aykroyd. Like to the point where did you ever do Queen's players? I'm sorry, this is a little exciting. I, I did, oh. yes, actually. I did. Did you? Oh yeah, my god, that's great. I did like many years, I'm sure, before mm-hmm. you did. And anyway, like I was I was I was head bitch of Queen Players and I was there. And we did a show <laughs> called we did a show called Paranoid Aykroyd, and he was like a character and he was like the superhero of the show. And we invited him to the show, but he didn't come. And I'm amazed he didn't because my God, think about mm-hmm. all the all the objectionable drunk <laughs> like you know, yeah. just oh. Yeah, college youth for his taking. But anyway, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, he's he haunts Kingston to this day. Does he still? Do you know? Is he still around Kingston? Uh, I, I I think, think so. I, yeah, I think so. Uh, when I was there, it was I think it was much less so. I think he was pulling back a little more. Maybe he's yeah. just getting older. I don't know. Yeah, but. yeah. I think that we were his peak, sort of like last mm. call years. Yeah, when I was there in like the aughts. But no, he was just, you would hear about him out all the time in the hub too. Like I am not as old as Dan Aykroyd. Well, I'm nowhere near as old as Dan Aykroyd was at the time. <laughs> I could not, I could not, I could, I would not go and hang out at student bars. That would be no. a nightmare. Oh my God. It <laughs> sounds horrible. Like, I did a show at USC back in LA. Like, have you ever seen the movie, The House Bunny? Yes. So it was like that house. Like I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was that house. And I did like a show there. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, I was just like, oh my God. Oh, my, like, oh, my, everyone here is 17. Holy fuck. You know, it was just like, <laughs> oh my God, these, this is, these are children. Holy shit. And um, yeah, I, so I don't know how Dan Aykroyd could, how he felt like <laughs> not like a fucking buffoon and like old as hell at student bars, but he was there all the time, all the time. I mean, I wonder, you know, I wonder if it's just that, that slight amount of celebrity that just, you know, for some reason oh yeah makes them feel like you got super i i guess at the very least it's like oh that's uh that's someone that we all know or we've heard of you know well at the time people would have known who he was yeah that's true yeah, yeah. Like now it would be you know oh god anyway but yeah so that should be a fucking stop on the kingston haunted walk is <laughs> is Aykroyd's old haunts <laughs> there you go <laughs> The haunted Aykroyd walk. Yeah, the haunted Aykroyd haunt walk. <laughs> I'm sorry, this isn't the haunted walk of Kingston. This is the this is the walk of Aykroyd's haunts of Kingston. <laughs> I think we might have a new summer job opening up. Well, see a vacuum, identify a vacuum, fill it. That's what I always say. Yeah. So to young entrepreneurs like yourself. So. <laughs> but yeah, no, a lot of haunted walks, a lot of widows' walks, a lot of. Uh, a lot of just like, yeah, widows and people who died of tuberculosis <laughs> haunting these mansions and stuff. And that was kind of, that was a long, it was like one day, uh, the current resident heard a, a, a ladder fall. And like, that's kind of the extent of it. And it was like, yeah. ooh, which is very dramatic for Brockville before that teen gang took over the town. Oh, uh, King Street Toughies? 
I think like, they were what? called the Burr Gang. Oh, the Burr Gang. King Street Tuffies. I remember there was the King Street Tuffies. <laughs> Is that what they were called? The King Street Tuffies? No. That's funny. I no, think they were like a high real. school gang, though. Even in high school. All really? I know is that there was, there was, well, this is sort of a spooky story about Brockville. Yeah. It's, it's a disturbing story about Brockville, and it's part, I have a bit about it. So, uh, yeah, as soon as stand up comes back, oh, I'll bust out this bit. But, um, <laughs> Burr Gang, Teen Gang, mm-hmm. as, as recently as just this, this past year. Okay. And, uh, ringleader, 14 year old female who has been, like, I know. I know people. I went to high school with people who are like cops now. <laughs> they're like they're like, oh, we've been we've had many detentes with her and stuff like that. But I'm just like, oh, that's pretty. 14 year old female. And did you did you not hear about this man? 33 year old man walking his dog in Hardy Park, one of Brockville's flagship waterfront parks. Yeah. Goes up to this teen gang to be like, pipe it down. And this one girl, um, like, basically killed him. She pushed him into the river. He couldn't swim and he drowned. What? Oh, what? Yeah. And so she was like charged with juvenile second degree murder. I happen to know she was back at St. Mary's High School, Catholic High School in Brockville. Oh, the, the following Monday that this happened um, because she was a juvie. But um, yeah, and they killed, they killed this guy. I hear about this. No, I didn't. Well, the thing is, I've because uh, after high school, I moved uh, right out to Vancouver and then my parents moved away. So I haven't been back to Brockville in probably maybe like eight years. Well, how think. hopelessly sad for you. Yeah, I, I've been missing out. I, I hope everything's still standing. I understand there's a uh, booster juice. Um, <laughs> this is the first I've heard of it, but go on. Yeah. Think, <laughs> and honestly, Damien's laughing, but like these things are huge for Brockville. They really? fucking are. They're huge. Oh, I, I remember... I remember Brockville got a Wendy's, I think, like mm-hmm. my the first year of university, and that was like all anyone back in Brockville could talk about. Oh Brock- yeah, it was yeah. right close to Tiss, and everyone went insane. Right, Tiss. Oh, thank God I didn't go to Tiss. I don't know how anyone does. Tiss, <laughs> Tiss is Thousand Islands Secondary School. It used to be called Ta- Thousand Islands Technical School. You do the acronym math on that one, guys. <laughs> And <laughs> it was a laughing stock of Leeds and Grenville Lanark counties, and um, for its name. And um, anyway, but sorry, go on. When <laughs> this is a whole rivalry between us now, because I me mean, being Tiss and you BCI, why yeah. why uh, were you against Tiss? Was that um, what was? I the- thought it was ugly. I thought it looked like an internment camp. Like I thought it like. The people, it was more of the athletic school. That's what TIS was. Right. And BCI was more of the art school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but BCI was like very, it was an older building. It had character. It was like downtown. It was like, you know, it's just very, I'm just like thinking of BCI and I'm just, that song, Graduation Friends Forever by Vitamin C is playing in my head. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I was very just, ac- I was just telling Damien about this the other day because the public mm-hmm. school I went to was Commonwealth. Oh, yeah. And we took you were a f- just very, very resistant to you, leaning into your downtown roots. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we had a field trip once in Commonwealth where we uh, took the short bus trip over to BCI to check out their Apple computers. Oh wow! <laughs> and I, I remember after my time. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that distinctly being our field trip. <laughs> That's funny. Well, and that would have that would have that would have been a field trip for Brockville, you know. Like, <laughs> let's gawk at these Apple computers at BCI, and what a selling point for BCI that apparently didn't work on you. But um, 
I'll bet you BCI is haunted, for instance. It's a very old building. There are a bunch of tunnels I found out mm-hmm. recently. There are a bunch of like, because t- a friend of mine from high school who I've since reconnected with since moving back to Brockville said mm-hmm. that she was threatened a lot, like in right. grade nine by these like, you know, tough, tough talking teenage skanks. And she needed to be like transported via these underground tunnels That's- to like, a safe place to get picked up and dropped off or something. That's I was insane. Like, oh. So I'll bet you, oh, yeah. Oh, you know where my mother to this day still works at the Brockville Psychiatric Hospital, which is this huge sprawling yeah. compound that was like built in the late 1800s. Oh, I'll bet you that's haunted as shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that that is, an, I, I, that is like a stop on the Brock, Brockville Haunted Walk. And like, just imagine all these like, like 1901, like fucking American horror story, like asylum ghosts who are like, oh, the pr- with like, they probably have like ghostly balls and chains that they're dragging and they're in like <laughs> ghostly straight jackets. <laughs> oh my God. I, so. I had a haunting moment and I talked to Damien about this all the time mm-hmm. at uh, BCI because that's where my bus would drop me off as BCI so I could walk to home. Um, and I remember there was this BCI fight going on in the park across the street and I walked over, I walked over to see what was happening. And this kid, these two kids are fighting and the one guy, uh, beats up the other guy. And then the, uh, the kid's dad comes over and was like, why do you uh, beat up my son? And then the kid was like, I'll, I'll take on you next. And then he beat up the kid's dad after. <laughs> You're next. <laughs> and then he beat up the kid's dad. Oh, my God. That's funny. Oh, that's so funny. And I feel oh. like that's the most Brockville thing I can say. <laughs> and the kid beat up the kid's dad. Jesus Christ. That is- <laughs> Oh, Brockville. Oh, damn. Brockville's <laughs> Brockville is showing. Damn. Oh. Anyway, it wasn't quite it wasn't quite that rootin' tootin' back in my day, but you know, there were fights. There were absolutely like there's a fight today. Oh my god, there's a fight, it's a fight, fight, fight. And you would go and like see the fight, but um no one's dad got beat up. It seems to be an escalation. Oh. Like there wasn't it, there was some fights, and then with your time, Cody people's dads were getting beat up now we're having gangs pushing people into the river i don't know what the hell is going on killing them so, second degree manslaughter yeah like well, what is happening and the thing is too a couple weeks ago we had uh tamara siobhan on and she oh. said that she only knows brockville to be where all the heavy drinkers are which i assume is i don't know this is where our this you is know, our lineage we're the this, partiers this is starting to feel like uh in it where every seven is it every seven years he comes back or something like that every 47 years he uh he makes his reappearance and everyone starts doing bad evil things i brought because i brought tamara to a gig here at buds in the bay r.i.p i'm not sure if you knew about that but they closed they were a victim of the (laughs) pandemic but um so tamara hosted that show and then Mm -hmm. we you know hung out afterwards we went to friend of mine from high school, Chris Walker of Thousand Islands Toyota. And he owns the Thousand Islands Toyota thing. I went to high school with him, a great guy. And um, and yeah, so no, we, yeah, like we drank, but like it was just like the four of us, like him, Tamara, myself, and Brenda D'Souza. It wasn't like, she didn't really get a taste of the town of Rockville, I think, but she had a good time there. Like she enjoyed yeah. the show. She loved how cheap cigarettes were, I'll tell you that much, at the reservation fucking <laughs> like when we stopped to get cheap gas at the uh, reservation in marysville or belleville i don't know if you've ever done that but it's hella yeah. cheap gas and hella cheap cigarettes and 
I can remember Tamara getting like 150 loose leaf fucking like Oakdales and for like ten dollars. She was like, "Fucking moving here!" And, like, it, was so, it was just so funny. <laughs> oh my god! But oh, anyway, that's enough of talk about Brockville. Yeah, we. Lifetime. I I have up here a couple of would you rather's that are supposed yes. to be um for that will drive horror fans crazy. It says. Um, <laughs> So uh, here's um, here's one for you. I don't know how good these are. Uh, would you rather be young enough to go trick or treating again, or old enough to go behind your porch and scare the crap out of kids? Neither. <laughs> uh, no, neither. I, I would. Every Halloween, well, like I never had a front porch. Um, when I was living in Toronto, I lived at like the, mm -hmm. like I, my entrance was in the back and just every year I was just so thankful for that, that I didn't need to deal with trick or treaters. And there were so many kids yeah. in my fucking neighborhood too. Oh, I made the, I made the grave ooh, mistake of getting home from the gym. I think at like 7 PM on Halloween one night. And that was having to walk. Pa oh, just, I just remember seeing that. And I was like, well, am I just, I'm not going to go home now, but no, I did anyway. But yeah, no, I'm just so happy. So no, I would not scare trick or treat. I would scare, I would glower at them and I'd be like, nothing to see here kids. But then, then I would need to risk my, my home being TP'd. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's also weird that it says old enough to like go you could do that at any age. Yeah. There's really no could. Yeah. On it. But yeah. I guess you have to be very old to yeah. go behind your porch and scare the crowd. I mean, I, I loved Halloween and shit, but like, I just don't think that I would be, very, like, now I'd be like, I wouldn't want to like, no, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm really going to spook these kids. Like, oh, I could care less about that. <laughs> no, I'd say like, kids, listen, Halloween is for dressing like a slut or a drag queen. Like if you're gay, like for the night and that's it. You know, that's the point of Halloween. Take something from the mini fridge and get out. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting. This is the, like this past year was the first year that I didn't celebrate Halloween. And I think that's kind of bugged me. And I was always worried that it would get to that point. That's why I was always, I would always make such a point of doing something for Halloween. Cause I'm mm -hmm. like, Oh, the second that you don't, you're old. And it, it set in now. It, and then this year I can't fucking imagine what I would be doing. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't in Brockville, October 31st. <laughs> At maybe the, I'll maybe I'll kids this year. Yeah, but like, I, oh no. I wonder if it's one of those things where like you don't do anything and then you realize that it's not as big a deal as you always thought it was, and you're like, oh, nothing really changed. So why why was I putting? Well, no, I always really enjoyed it, and then hmm. I think just the issue with last year was I I wasn't going to go to West Hollywood. It's too far from where I mm -hmm. live, and and. Ubers are like $60 to just kind of, kind of go and mand around. I didn't have a costume. I just didn't get my shit together for that. And the other big yeah. thing about like LA is that because it doesn't have seasons really, the thing with Halloween is, you know, the leaves would start to turn and you'd be like, Ooh, say Halloween, mm -hmm. you know, soon. And so it just completely snuck up on me <laughs> and I didn't. Yeah. So I just, I, I did not leave my house that day. I remember. And maybe that's really bah hummed, bah humbugged me for Halloween now. Yeah, I anyway. mean, well, <laughs> speaking of Halloween, too, this one, uh, this is our last Would You Rather for today. Uh, would you rather have every brilliant director add their own take to the movie Halloween or have the original left alone forever? So this is so many remakes of Halloween. 
Now, is that what Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you did this, but I did Jamie Lee Curtis as like a character for years, <laughs> like present day silver haired, <laughs> like leaning into her her perimenopausal, you know, <laughs> era, dig- Activia yogurt, whatever. I did yeah. like I hosted Laugh Sabbath for four years in a row on Halloween, like the Halloween Laugh Sabbath. <laughs> I hosted as Jamie Lee Curtis in some sort of a murder mystery thing, like where every one of our guests was killed. And it was just like, <gasps> who could be behind this? <laughs> it was actually really funny because the last one that I did Mike Belazzo speaking of him earlier he came out at the end as Michael Myers because the whole thing was like the, you know how they did Halloween the last stand or whatever where yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis finally gets her revenge or does she I don't know I haven't seen the movie and I won't <laughs> but so my whole thing was just like I'm having a show 40 years of the day that I had a show 40 years ago when this place was a different bar and Michael Myers came in and killed every single person in the lineup except for me and I'm doing it to entrap him and if there's some human casualties oh well Bruce McCullough was on the show that night I remember he was like what the fuck is going on with it and then at the end Mike Belasso came on as Michael Myers I was like who I had like knitting needles because that's how she stabs him in the first one right yeah with knitting needles yeah. and i'm just like who are you and he had like a ski mask on he had like a big butcher knife which he was very finicky about wielding let me tell you michael lazo does not like sharp things and <laughs> and he was just like he was just like do i make you horny i was like what <laughs> <laughs> he's like donker and I, whatever i'm like and then he like pulls it out he's like that's right it's me mike mike michael myers and anyway and then whatever and so that was really funny but yeah so i did jamie lee curtis as a character for years i really i miss it maybe you know what i still have my jlc costume i'm gonna do that for halloween this year and yes yeah anyway but uh yeah i would rather the the original be left alone yeah i mean uh, who wants i mean how many brilliant directors are there there's a lot i don't, I don't know well like, who, who are who are the big horror fiends these days yeah i i don't think anyone wants any more halloweens i I feel like I'd just rather them do their own movies. Yeah. Yeah. What a question. These are awful questions. Uh-huh. They're, they're very <laughs> low stakes questions as far as I'm concerned. I'll yeah. say that. I mean, they brought back your love of Halloween. So at the very least. They did. You know what they did? Mission accomplished. That's yep. Yeah. Okay. That's true. That was the job they wanted to do. <laughs> I just... That was just so, I just loved doing that because people were like, what is going on? Like, why is, what is, like, they didn't know what my thing was. They were like, is this like a, is this like a trans woman? Is this like, like, what is the point of this? And it's just like, no, I'm just Jamie Lee Curtis, who is very just like, I guess what? Guess what, Hollywood? I'm not playing by your rules anymore. I, you know, I've let my hair go gray. I, I dress comfortably now. I, I have indigestion issues, as do 60% of perimenopausal women, and I'm not ashamed to talk about it. And I just think that that's really funny. <laughs> For some reason, <laughs> to play Jamie Lee Curtis like that. Anyway, so... Well, yeah. on, that, on that note, we got a story of our own to tell. Yeah. Please. We all drew positions beforehand. Um, Damien, what did you draw? I drew the celebrity. So I'm going to go to a random celebrity generator, and you're going to have to appear as the celebrity at some point in the story, not stricken to this character. Uh, your options are Plato, okay. Edgar Allan Poe, mm-hmm. Billy Graham, okay. and Jim Carrey. All right. Uh, let's do Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. Why not? 
and I drew the swing. No responsibility in the story. I can do whatever I want. Andrew, what did you draw? I think that you said that I'm the narrator. Yeah. Yeah. So for that. Oh, was I supposed to be like, I'm there and I just drew something out of a hat or something? I drew the narrator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're all together right now. <laughs> um, so we're going to go to canigeta.com for a location, a relationship, or a word. So which one of those would you like to get this story started? Uh, home court choice, if that's a thing. <laughs> All right, let's do, yeah. uh, let's do relationship. Relationship. Yeah. Baby and pet. That's a very strange relationship. <gasps> what? A baby oh. and pet. Like the relationship between a, a baby and a little puppy you know if you give that to me they're gonna end up fucking like basically <laughs> like anything that you give to me right now is gonna end up in them like fucking sucking each other's dicks like that's, <laughs> where, that's where my head is at these days right. um, we're not at mm. okay well the second Morocco. one was teen and parents so we might want to stay away from that one too either way either <laughs> way not foster parent legal. teen that one is more <laughs> problematic uh, newlywed and bellhop. Oh my god! Newlywed are... and bellhop's fine. That's not fine if they're fucking. Why? Newlywed and bellhop? Well, yeah, at least it's like, legal. They're there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not it's statutory legal. something or incest or bestiality. Yeah, but like you're on your honeymoon, and the bellhop uh, does it with your with your you know your your freshly married person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's fine because it's not a child. <laughs> Speaking of which, my pa- my parents just got home. They're just about to go to a funeral, which is like, oh, spooky. And I just heard like this, like, I have like a new nephew and we haven't seen him too often, but my, my parents have a little cachet of toys when he does come. I just heard like something like his little like walker go off, like, do, 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 do. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? My parents <laughs> playing with baby toys before they go to a funeral. <laughs> God. They have to remember the miracle of life. <laughs> God, miracle. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we'll go newlywed and bellhop. Okay, and so I'm supposed to now narrate a story about a newlywed and a bellhop that's scary and involves Edgar Allan Poe, and then there's a swing. Uh, yeah. So I'm just no responsibility. I can do whatever <laughs> I want. Okay. And and uh, you're not stricken to narrator as well. You can uh, be characters in the story too. Okay, well, I, I, I really don't know what I'm doing, but we'll figure it out. Let's, let's do it. Okay, so one stormy, very sullen night um, a full, with a full moon uh, at a very haunted hotel in Niagara Falls, Ontario. No, New York State. Niagara Falls, New York State. <laughs> in the grips of in the grips of COVID, uh, Edgar Allan Poe walked in to. Oh, so no, it's not in the grips of COVID because it was when he was alive. So it was during the polio, <laughs> the polio surge of eighteen eleven. Edgar Allan Poe walked into this hotel which was actually because it was 1811 a very new and state-of-the-art so it was not haunted yet and edgar Allan poe rang the desk bell for a bellhop <laughs> yes who see as though he could check in bing 
said Edgar Allan Poe, followed by him remarking. Oh, yes. Uh, sorry, I'm here. Um, Edgar? How did you know my name? Oh, because I have you on the list. Um, oh, yes. Sorry, it's just I me in today. It's really busy. Listen, my, my freshly married wife and I would like to get to our room. We've had a long day. Freshly married? Yes. You see, Edgar Allan Poe and his wife had just traveled all the way from um, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, after admiring the Liberty Bell, uh, which uh, reminded them of the bell that they uh, rung at the front desk, as a matter of fact. And anyway, he continued. (laughs) I'm like, oh, this is awful, but go on. (laughs) We got married in front of the crack, the Liberty Bell. Your bell here reminded me of that. Oh, yeah. And of course, we came to Niagara Falls, the honeymoon capital of the world. See, that makes sense. Go on. Will your wife be joining you today? Oh, she'll be along shortly. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll just take you to your room now if you would like. Okay. The bellhop, the bellhop, uh, still keeping one eye on the door for mrs Allan poe for the for, to you know if there is a mrs Allan poe uh grabbed the very old-fashioned or i suppose in 19 circa 1911 contemporary luggage pieces <laughs> of edgar Allan poe's and drew him to the elevator which had a retractable cage thing and also men below it who needed to turn cranks to lift it because electricity was not invented yet boys we're going to the third floor for mr poe <laughs> you got it boss <laughs> i thought you were the only one here oh well they can't help they need to crank the elevator right yeah the the, the elevator crank turners were not allowed above board and not counted <laughs> as human so <laughs> which is why the bellhop was technically correct in saying he was alone <laughs> to the floor, to the third floor they went until they reached it and the bellhop said here's a room sir go ahead go in i have to make i have to watch the door downstairs are you going to be okay listen i'm going to need a few moments to get prepared but can you come back in 15 15 minutes yes okay yes i'll be back in 15 minutes okay. you understand that i am very busy right now the next time he resolves to take the stairs because it would just be faster. <laughs> sorry, sorry, boys. Stay on the third floor. I'm taking the stairs. I was going to say, it looked like you should take the stairs. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I am doing a lot. Because it would be faster than the elevator. Okay. Okay, well, just finish your sentences a little bit quicker before I don't know, you what, what hurt the, my feelings. The, why, how did I hurt your feelings? I was just saying. It it's fine. If you, hey, if you don't get what you were saying, then I don't care. But his feelings were not the only things that were going to be hurt that evening. He couldn't help but wonder, what happened to Mrs. Allan Poe? Was she coming? Where was she? What was tying her up? Was she tied up? What? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should give Mrs. Allan Poe a call just to make sure that she's showing up. Bling, 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 bling. Uh, ra- rather, he sent a telegraph because this was ni- 1811. <laughs> Dear Mrs. Allan Poe, stop. 
Uh, are you okay? <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Love the bellhop from the new Niagara Falls, New York State Hotel. Stop. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the remote uh, telegraph station on the East Coast, who the hell is Mrs. Allen Poe? <laughs> and with that, the telegram was promptly thrown in the waste basket and marked as prototypical spam. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the uh, back in the third floor room of Edgar Allan Poe. Yes, I have all the candles lit and the lace has been laid out. I can't wait for the bellhop to come back. Everything is going according to plan. Plan? What plan? Thought the well, no, the bellhop didn't hear that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But who did was one of the crank turners who was still stationed on the third floor. Uh, They did not know his Christian name, they only knew him as Nimby. Nimby was heard to remark (laughs) to his other crank turner forebodingly. What was he talking about? Plan? Nimby, I don't know what you're on about. Well, I'm just saying, we, he was saying something about a plan. And, and we got to tell the bellhop if something bad's going to happen. Listen, the only plan we got is to go up and down in this elevator and not pretend to be people. You know what? We can't stay down here forever. We can't exactly. just be running this go elevator. down to the first floor. It's time for me to move out of here. I'm moving up in this company, whether you like it or not. This isn't the same old NIMBY you'll find under the elevator. This is future manager NIMBY. And future manager NIMBY knew the secret he was, he was keeping was, was something that he could use for his benefit, uh, for his very ambitious benefit. Uh, with that, NIMBY, I guess, went downstairs <laughs> to talk to the bellhop. See you later, sucker. <laughs> Bye. And with that, he, on his way out of the lobby, oops, he tripped over, um, he tripped over what felt to be a, a lifeless head with a, with a, with a, with a unfurrowed, messy bun of, of auburn locks. Oh, oh my God, it was Mrs. Allen Poe. Corpse. Ah. Uh. <laughs> NIMBY, what are you doing out of, out of the elevator? Oh, my God. What is that that your foot's on? This is Alan Poe. They looked to... at her identification, her, her, her elegantly calligraphed birth certificate, and noticed that her name was Bernice, and she went by Bernie for short. And in a very... This was the weekend also. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And in a flash of genius, both the bellhop and NIMBY propped her up, put a pair of very old-fashioned shaded bifocals on her, which we never saw, but at the time didn't exist. They were just um, tinted. And pretended that she was alive and walked her through the lobby, uh, knowing that they would take her up to the third floor so as Edgar Allan Poe would think that his 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 newlywed wife Bernie Bernice Bernie Al, uh, Allan Poe uh, was reanimated. I don't know why we're doing this, boss. Listen, we have to pretend like she's alive, or we won't get a tip from Mister Allan Poe. Well, I don't know, boss. Like, is he gonna really think she's alive? If we do a good job together, working both arms, then we can make this work. 
and Mr. Allan Poe will be happily ever after with his- Meanwhile, everyone who saw the two walking with the reanimated corpse <laughs> of Bernice, Bernie Allan Poe thought she was a real party animal. What a wild and crazy lady. <laughs> No autographs for uh, Mrs. Allan Poe now. Uh, she's got to make up to her room. And to her room she did when all of a sudden the door opened and Edgar Allan Poe beheld there, the three of them together and he gasped mm -hmm. and then remarked, Bernie, you're alive. <laughs> Back from the dead. Yeah. Oh my heart. I thought I was in blackness and now you're alive again. And that's how Edgar Allan Poe wrote the original screenplay to Weekend at Bernie's. Spooked. Spooked. <laughs> Is that okay? I don't know. My God, that was just really the blind leading the blind. Well, no, you guys are <laughs> competent at that, but fuck, I hadn't. Oh, it yeah, was no, great. Terrible. Oh, God, no, I'm not. I am not a yes-ander. I'm a no-butter. Oh, God. I feel like that was a perfect Edgar Allan Poe-style short story for this podcast. Yeah. Weekend at Bernie's. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> And then now I'm just like, I want to rewatch Weekend at Bernie's. We just How did they pull it. that off? We watched it the other day. <laughs> did you? Yeah. What was it on? Did you just pirate it? Um, I think it's on Crave. <gasps> okay. Oh, yeah. I know what I'm doing tonight. Great. <laughs> Terrific. Well, on that note, let's do some plugs. Andrew, what would you like to plug? Oh God, nothing like <laughs> this. I'm doing yeah, I'm doing this. Um, <laughs> I have two albums on iTunes, White Devil and Sips Tea, but like I don't make very much of off the sales. So write <laughs> 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 Sirius XM and ask JFL Radio 168 to play them because <laughs> I make more money off of that than anything um, that's like it. I do I, I have Brandon Muhammad and I are, are, are launching a podcast soon so mm -hmm. keep your eyes open for that alright amazing and we'll be yeah. tweeting all of that out at Spooked Podcast as well as go to the sonarnetwork.com you'll see a full profile on, a on Andrew with direct links to his social medias Spooked Spooked Spooked. Spooked. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!